Well, again, happy Father's Day to those who are attending or watching online. And, uh, you know, we celebrate this day because a father has such a powerful uh, role in the family, in society, really. You know, a, a father has such power to bring stability and growth uh, to families. And, you know, that's actually a large part of the equation for the problems we're seeing in our nation and, and in the in the earth, right? I mean, um, actually, I was kind of looking up some statistics on that, and it's quite startling to, it, just in our country, um, almost a quarter of all children are growing up without a father. And that's a, a tragedy to think about that, right? God created, you know, children to be complete through a mother and a father, and there's a quarter of children living without uh, a father. And uh, that has such an, a huge impact. And of course, there's many others in the in the other three quarters. Maybe they don't have the greatest example of a father too. So, you know, we're in a, a difficult situation. But, you know, when a father reflects the characteristics of our heavenly father and puts them into practice, there's such power in that. It brings peace, protection, guidance, stability. Um, and really, the heart of a father is a blessing from the creator of our universe. That's his blessing upon mankind. Uh, because when someone has the heart of a father, it's a reflection of heaven. And it's a part of bringing heaven down to earth. That can't take place without that, that father uh, role model, that father figure. Again, considering some of the statistics, you know, it, it's been shown that when fathers are present, Children are at a lower risk of even even young children, infant mortality, um, of having behavioral issues, of getting involved in criminal criminal activity. You know, the studies have shown this. Uh, they have a greater chance of achieving higher educational levels, and the list goes on and on. That's just having a father present on the scene has such an effect, and and so the role of a father is such a powerful one whether it's naturally or spiritually. So we appreciate our fathers. Now, of course, we've been doing a series on Joseph, and you might say, well, how are you going to weave Father's Day into that? Uh, but there's a little verse I want us to consider about Joseph that we read about him. And this is in Genesis 45, and it's when it's, he was telling his story to his brothers who had come to uh, Egypt to obtain food. And so he's talking to his brothers here in Genesis 45, verse 7. And it said, he said, God sent me here before you. God sent me. He had a plan and it was to preserve a posterity for you in the earth to save your lives by a great deliverance. And so now it was uh, not you that sent me here, but God. It, it wasn't the brothers who just put him in the pit and caused him to go to Egypt. It was God who allowed all that to take place. And Joseph recognized that, the hand of God. But then look at what it was to do. And he says, and he made me a father to Pharaoh and Lord of all his house and a ruler throughout all the land of Egypt. Now, a father can have different connotations, but yet there's still that, that same, that concept there is that, God sent Joseph to be a father, 
to Pharaoh to be a father. And all his planning and his work, he was preparing Joseph to care for the nations and to care for his people. You know, something interesting, um, if, if you study the Bible and you look up Greek and Hebrew words, you know, you're familiar with the Strong's uh, numbering system. Um, there's a, a Strong's number for every he- Greek or Hebrew uh, word. I was looking up the word for father here. And it's the Hebrew word av. And the lexicon or Strong's number is H1. H1, Hebrew 1. And I'm not sure how Dr. James Strong, when he was coming up with his concordance, chose, you know, what's going to be the first uh, word that we he listed in his concordance. But I think it's interesting that the first word listed is father. Father. It's the most important name and the most important concept in the universe because it's the highest aspect of God, our creator, of the Godhead who's revealed to us because he is our father. We all have a heavenly father who loves us, who cares for us, who sent his son to die for us. That's the heart of a father. But also, he's one who's calling us to be like him. To become fathers and mothers in Christ. To have that same impact and that same heritage with those who are around us. Those he's put into our lives. Now, there's a lot we could say about uh, fathers. You you could have a whole series on it, on what the heart of a father is. But I just want to bring out a couple of points for us to consider. And one of them is found in the book of Romans. And this is in Romans chapter 9. And Paul is giving his summary of the blessings upon Israel. And and let's read this, Romans chapter 9, verse 4. And he says, Who are Israelites to whom pertain the adoption and the glory and the covenants and the giving of the law and the service of God and the promises? In verse 5, whose are the fathers? And of whom are concerning the flesh Christ came, and who is over all, God be blessed forever. And those who are born of the seed of Abraham had a lot of blessings that they've inherited. Right? They've received wonderful blessings. They've become adopted as the sons and daughters of God. They've received uh, the, the, the living word written, you know, the law. Uh, they were chosen for the ser- been chosen for the service of his kingdom given great and mighty promises. And then it says, whose are the fathers? Now, what they're talking about here is a lineage, a godly lineage, right? starting with Father Abraham. Now, there's more godly, you know, those in the, in the godly line start, go all the way back to, to Adam. But yet it starts with Father Abraham in the sense of the promises and then goes down the line. And, you know, it's of, of people who are mighty in faith, who were overcomers, who received knowledge and obtained promises and passed that lineage down. They were examples of righteousness, of holiness, of power, and of victory, and of compassion, and of love. And that that was the lineage that they received. And so there's great blessings for, for Israel who could claim that lineage. But of course, those of us who 
don't have that same natural lineage can still rejoice. Right? The good news is we don't have to be of a certain natural lineage to partake of those blessings. As, because as Paul said in Galatians 6 and verse 16, he said, if we walk according to this rule, meaning you know, the pathway of righteousness and faith, he said, we are the Israel of God. We are his people if we walk in the way of righteousness and have the faith of the Son of God, then we are the Israel of God. And so if we consider Romans 9, right, that the promise is for Israel, whose are the fathers. Israel has the fathers. For natural Israel, it's a natural lineage. For spiritual Israel, for the followers of Christ, it's a spiritual lineage that we can receive and that we can flow with and take part of. You know, you can have people, you know, even an unsafe people can show qualities and follow that pattern of, of what it means to be a good father. But only believers have the opportunity to enter into the fullness of the d- divine qualities of our heavenly father. You can have heavenly wisdom who can impart peace, who can share divine direction, who can be a spiritual covering, and consequently have a lasting and eternal heritage through those we bless. Now, there's a couple qualities of a father I was kind of uh, quickened with in this, in this sense of that's our blessing and opportunity to be spiritual fathers. And one of them, something Pastor Bailey brought out in his commentary on the book of Romans. And I wanted to read a quote. I thought it, it matched up really well with our, our series on Joseph. But this is a quality he talks about of father. And Dr. Bailey said, a father should adopt the attitude that children are going to make mistakes and that he has to live with those mistakes. A father has to remedy the mistakes of his children and also forget them. And you know, that, that's quite a statement, and it is so true about fathers. And it's something that's very comforting. It's comforting and at the same time challenging. Right? It's comforting because he is our good heavenly father. We realize we're going to mess up. We're going to mess up more than once, <laughs> probably more than twice. And I realize that, that some people might have their view of, of a heavenly father kind of tainted by their experience of their natural father, but our heavenly father knows the mistakes that, that we will make. In fact, he knows them in advance. Have you ever thought about that, right? It's, nothing is a surprise to God, that a surprise does not exist for him because he knows everything. He's never caught off guard <laughs> when we do something, right? <laughs> Uh, you know, it's not like he's caught off guard and he just gets upset at us. Well, why did you do that? He knows why, and he knew it in advance. He knows when we mess up. And when we come to him in repentance, he'll, he'll deal with the root cause if we, he, we allow him to, and then he forgets. It's cleansed. He puts our sins and our mistakes and our weaknesses, you know, as long as we're submitting them to him, as far away from himself 
and us as far as the east is from the west. And there's no way east and west can meet up, which is kind of a neat thought. That's from Psalm 103. And so that's such a comforting thought that he is our heavenly father and he cares for us and he wants us to succeed. He wants us to overcome and he's willing to just put away and forget our shortcomings. I also said challenging because there's, there's also a point of view that we have to have that with others. We have to relate to others in that same way. We have to be ready and quick to forgive and to forget. Now, we've touched on this in the past with Joseph. We talked about his son named Manasseh, right? And it, his name means causing to forget in the, in the context that God caused Joseph to forget all the pain and hurt and toil of his many years in Egypt and all that his family did to him so that when his brothers came, he could declare, hey, this, this is not on you at all. God did this and he did it for good. And so Joseph, by God's grace, was able to forget all that his brothers did and he was set free because of that. It was a choice for him and it's a choice for us, right? As we are those who are seeking to progress in our walk with God and come in within the veil, so to speak, and be fathers and mothers in Christ and know the one that is from the beginning, as it said, John says in 1 John chapter 2, we have to have this characteristic of the Father, of being willing to forget and let go, and be made clean. I have a lot of references to Pastor Bailey. I don't know if that's because he's my spiritual father in that sense or grandfather, mentor. But I just, I've always thought of, you know, he, he used to share a, an illustration. It's a different context, but he used to share that illustration concerning finances. He used to say we have to have Teflon hands, right, with finances. Um, you know, we can't just try and hold on to and try to amass money, but you know, money comes and goes, but we have to just be willing to, uh, to be a blessing to others for the kingdom of God. But, you know, I've often thought that needs to be the prayer for our hearts, too. That, you know, it's been my prayer is to have a Teflon-coated heart in the sense that there, there's hurts and there's painful memories that try and stick around and stick to us when things happen and cause us problems. But, you know, we need to say, Lord, give me a Teflon-coated heart so that when those things happen, I, they can just go right off. They won't stick to me, but they'll just slide right off and I can be free and I, I can forgive and I can forget and move on. Because something happens, though, when it sticks to us, we can't move on. It becomes a weight. Maybe we'll move a little bit, but it sure is hard and it's challenging and there's always wounds that keep getting opened up. But when there is true forgiveness and forgetting, we can move on, we can be set free. And God wants to do that in us, and he wants to do it through us. There's another quality we can see, but I want to consider it from in, a, in a different person in Scripture. Right, we, King David um, also had, has a legacy. Right, We've looked at him in the past, Right, and we, we think of him, he's the man after God's own heart as the, 
the summary we think of. But have you considered of all the times that the scripture refers to him, what is the dominant way he's referred to in scripture? Have you ever considered that? Well, over a hundred times he's referred to as a father. You know, all especially when it's relating to the kings of Israel, right? Each successive king is compared to David, their father. And so his legacy was that of a father, a father to his nation, a father to his lineage. Now, he was not a perfect father by any means. That's clear from his story. But, but yet, he also is a man who overcame. He was able to triumph over his weakness, over his mistakes. And there's a certain characteristic uh, that made him great that, that we can consider as well. Because he wrote in Psalm 18 a testimony of how God met with him and was able to, to cause him to triumph over his enemies and brought him to the throne and, and how he obtained greatness and a mighty victory through God. And, and he gives this key in Psalm 18. Psalm 18 and verse 35. It says, You have given me the shield of your salvation. Your right hand has held me up and your gentleness has made me great. Your gentleness has made me great. You know, I am so grateful that we were created and adopted by a good and gentle Heavenly Father. You know, some people read the Old Testament and they, they look at it through the lens of, you know, he's, he's God and he's, he's an angry, vengeful, you know, Lord who you better not step out of line or you get zapped. Now, there are situations of people who did, did get zapped because they, but they did more than step out of line. I mean, they, you know, they, they betrayed the way that God was leading them in. But yet, when you look at who God is, that is not the God we serve. We have a heavenly Father who is loving who is kind and compassionate, who is gentle. How often right, have we deserved harsh punishment, but we've received mercy and gentleness and you know, gentle correcting and leading in the right way. You know, David said, Lord, your gentleness has made me great. He experienced that with God and then he practiced it in his life. And you could say his ministry, right? His occupation of leading a, a group in the desert on the run. But he said, your gentleness has made me great. It made me the person and the king I am today. And so when that quality, which is heavenly, when that heavenly quality is put in our lives, it leads to greatness. Well, firstly, it's a fruit of the Spirit. So, right, whenever you have a fruit of the Spirit flowing, you are going to increase. And when it comes to fruition, especially gentleness, it leads to greatness in God's kingdom. The thing about gentleness, it, it is almost always needed towards people, right? Because sometimes people provoke us to reactions that are not so gentle. 
And so we need gentleness. And, and gentleness is really tied to a lot of the different qualities, right, in the fruit of the Spirit. If you're going to be meek in a situation, uh, you, your reaction must be in gentleness, right? If you don't have gentleness, then you're usually you're not meek because you can't react in a meek way. You have to be gentle. Same with humility, right? You have to have gentleness. And, and gentleness is kind of like eating fruit. You know, fruit can have lots of different um, ingredients or makeup of, of what fruit is, but what makes fruit pleasant, what makes it eating fruit pleasant is its sweetness, that it's, it's sweet and we enjoy it. You know, and gentleness means that we have a sweetness that allows others to receive from us. So how did David become gentle? It's interesting right, how he became a, a great leader, someone almost who could just lead anyone to victory, but he didn't start out with a people that was very easy to lead, did he? All right, and we've looked at this in the past of 1 Samuel uh, 22 and verse 2, how he was in the wilderness running from David, uh, or Saul, I should say. David was running from Saul, and people started joining him, and it and it, it wasn't necessarily people of the caliber of David, right, who were in their righteousness joining him. But it says in 1 Samuel 20, 22 and verse 2, it says, Everyone who was in distress and in debt, who was discontented, I'm not sure which of those three is worse. Um, they're all kind of challenging. Uh, gathered themselves to him. He became a captain over them, about 400 men. And they, brought, they had families too. All right, and so that's quite a group, 400 people who were not necessarily in a happy situation. They were probably unhappy, maybe a little touchy at having to flee, flee their homes and all that they had experienced. He didn't have a choice but to lead them in a gentle way because if he hadn't led them in a gentle way, they wouldn't have been with him. You know, sometimes... It is being around people with difficulties that helps us form gentleness the most because we don't have a choice. People we have to be patient with. We have to watch our reactions with because God has been very gentle and patient with us. And so we have to be that same way. But, you know, as we consider the need to become gentle, we realize it has to be developed. It takes time as a fruit you know, starts from a seed and develops into a plant and then yields that, that precious fruit. It takes time. And so David had to spend some, a number of years in the wilderness with his men until they're transformed. And, you know, it's amazing how they start. If you didn't have this verse, you know, of what kind of people came to David, you would think, oh, man, that people just came and he had a mighty army, and, and they were called David's mighty men at the end. And you would just say, oh, well, David just had a, they just came to him, and they were instantly a mighty army. But we see the starting point here of how David had to lead them in gentleness, and that is what created his mighty army. But it takes a while, it, and it's not always easy. You know, sometimes there has, it's a process where we have to be softened in order to become gentle. We have to develop soft and right reactions in dealing with people, and we have to submit to that and allow God to, to take us through that. And, 
And so we have to be willing to be softened, to flow in that gentleness. One last thing with Pastor Bailey, I'm going to share. Uh, you know, we've probably shared this many times before, but he had a, at one point, he had a, he was taken up to heaven and he saw the river of God in heaven. And it, as he was, he knew to get to Jesus, he had to pass through that river. And so he was being led by an angel through the river. And as he, as he was passing through it, he had a realization. All of a sudden he realized his heart was hard. You know, when you, when you get to heaven and, and you know, you have a, your, your heart is revealed and it's just like, oh, compared to heaven, my heart's so hard. And he said to the angel, can I go back through the river? The angel said, sure. And he passed through that river three times. And it was like the softening took place. And God spoke to him through that experience. And, and he, he spoke to him actually from Psalm 18 about the importance of having gentleness worked into our lives. Sometimes we just need to go through God's cleansing river and have his river just wash us. You know, like in the tabernacle, the priest had to continually come to that laver and wash and be cleansed so that they could be made clean to serve him. But as we do that, as we allow God to take us through his river, and that could represent a lot of different experiences and different situations, but as we allow it to to just work in us and wash us and cleanse us, we're allowing the beautiful and awesome quality of heaven to be worked into our lives, to be developed in us. And it's the pathway to true greatness in his kingdom. And so we really appreciate fathers because they've been put into that role and position that's a reflection of our heavenly father. And, and it's to be a picture of how our Heavenly Father desires us to know Him. Right? He wants us to know Him in, in all of His ways, but especially to be as one who knows and recognizes our weaknesses. That He's a Father who forgives and forgets, and He wants us to be the same. To have that heart that can so easily just be washed and you know, be free of the pain and the hurt and do that for others. And he is always so gentle. He leads us in a good and a gentle way. Like David led his sheep gently, you know, so that they could be fruitful. And as we follow his example, we will also grow in the greatness of the kingdom of God as we walk in the way of our heavenly father and allow his qualities to be worked into our lives. Father, we thank you so much. Thank you that we can know you as our Heavenly Father. We have that wonderful privilege, Lord, of walking in your way, of experiencing your life, oh God, of, of you flowing through us. And Lord, we just invite you to come afresh. Lord, even as we've looked today, Lord, we just pray that you would come afresh and wash us and cleanse us and make us new. Oh God, that we can have your heart. Lord, even just give us that Teflon heart. Lord, that we can so easily by your grace, let go of the past of hurts, of Lord, of pains, oh God, and be set free. And Lord, that we would have your heart of gentleness. Thank you, Lord. You've been so gentle with us, so good, so compassionate and kind. Lord, we pray that you would put that same gentle heart within us. Cleanse us, Lord, where of hardness and harshness. 
Oh God, circumcise our hearts and make us clean. Make us like you. Oh, that we could grow in the greatness of your kingdom. And we thank you. Oh, we bless you, Heavenly Father, today in Jesus' name.